What up, this is your boy DJ EFN. You might know me as a drink champ, but first and foremost, I'm a proud father. I linked up with two of my other dad homies, Manny Digital and KGB, to start the Fatherhoods podcast. Each week, we bring you insider hip-hop stories, parenting, and advice and therapy. The saying is true, it takes a village, and we humorously serve as each other's trusted counsel in figuring out how not to screw up being a good dad. Fatherhood's Fatherhood's Podcast. Beats, rhymes, and diapers. Yo, Fatherhood's fam, when you're out and about with your baby and they start wilding out, what do you do? Most dudes are fumbling through the traditional baby bag their lady prepped for them, trying to find that one thing that will calm the kid down. That doesn't have to be your life. Dig no more. The firstborn diaper backpack from Fly Dad has over 21 compartments to have everything right where you need it to be for you and your baby and keeping you fly through the process. Get $20 off when you visit flydadgear.com slash fatherhoods. This is KGB. What up? It's DJ EFN. Yo, what's good? This is Manny Digital. Welcome. Happy New Year! (laughs) Fatherhoods are back. It's good, y'all. I was <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for Kay to do something, but he's like, nah. <laughs> you guys, you guys held it down. <laughs> Yo, Kay, Kay was like a deer in headlights right now. I was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> y'all did anything crazy for the holidays? Bro, I'm on baby mode still. Like, like actually, I have a question for y'all. Um, and I've been asking a couple people. When your kids were babies or toddlers, did you guys do anything on New Year's? And if you did, did you take them? And if you took, the, you know, like, did you keep them up for the New Year? What did you guys do? Mm, nah, I've stopped doing stuff on New Year's. I think the only thing that we remotely do is we might go over to a friend's house and bring them with us. And then we'll cook and just hang out there super low key and um as far as keeping them up so we're on the west coast so what we'll do is we'll keep them up until nine o'clock and watch the ball drop on the east coast time uh, and then oh well you like, have that luxury yeah yeah and then we're like all right happy new year let's go to bed <laughs> <laughs> then we're done for, for okay. super, super low key we we played the middle i think we've we've tried when they're toddlers it's rough so we we've We've done two things. We've tried not to partake, which never works out because because of the age differences between the kids, the you know, with the oldest, she's always like, "Yo, what's up?" Like, we got to do something. So, the other two kind of have to fall in line with that. But we tried to like, you know, when my son was born, there was only two at the time. We tried to make it so that we went to sleep early. But that was a clusterfuck. So then we moved on and just what we do now and we've been doing is um sleeping in as late as possible the day of which means going to sleep really late the day almost like a practice run the night before the, oh, wow. the, the 31st right then sleep in take have the two little ones take a nap late in the day like 6 5 6 p.m and then we're ready to go for you know the, the turn of of time there to the new year can your five-year-old actually sleep in? My six-year-old? Or six-year-old now? No. He does not like... he. It's really difficult for him to sleep past 7 a.m. no matter what time he wake, uh, goes to bed. Yeah, same here. He 
goes to bed late, he's still up early, and then he's cranky because he didn't get enough sleep. Yes. Does Does he cry? Like when he's mad tired, does he start like some? Sometimes he'll get yeah, like little things all of a sudden will set him off, and he starts getting emotional. <laughs> We're like, all right, you're just overtired. Like you. That shit drives me fucking nuts, but it, that's exactly what it is. It's, they're just super tired. Yeah, he gets he gets uh, get definitely gets off for sure. That that's why my girl is like militant about our baby's uh, sleeping patterns, because being that she, you know she's usually with her, my daughter gets super cranky if she doesn't get yeah. a good nap. Uh, you know her good sleep period, but even the the midday nap has to happen. It has to be a good one. And that's just, you know, for New Year's, we just, I, I mean, I was okay with it. I'm fine. I'm, I've been veering away from a lot of New Year's stuff in my own life, period, without kids, without anything, just because it, New Year's is just, you know, historically is just, why start the new year all hungover and, yeah, fucked and up. be out there in, in, in the Wild West, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, but, uh, but yeah, I told her, I mean, let's just put her to sleep normal. Let her go to sleep. She doesn't even really, the concept of New Year doesn't make sense to her anyways right now. Um, so, yeah, there's no point, you know. And she went to sleep. And then two, uh, a, a couple, a friend of ours that's a couple, they um, actually, their New Year's plans fell through. So they ended up coming through. And we just, like, quietly had a couple beers and watched the, the ball drop and, you know, and had some pizza. And that was our New Year's <laughs> Eve. That's kind of, yo. Think- that's kind of nice, though. Like, no, no, I, I'm, I'm cool with it. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's really gratifying. Like, I, I we didn't have it that way, but our, our get together was really small. Like, there was, you know, my cousin, his wife, and kids came. My mom and my brother were here, and then us. Right. We're a family of five, so that's relatively small. We, you know, had a little music, all that stuff. So it was a little louder than your environment, but like. I, I kind of want what you just described. I just want to chill, watch the ball drop, fucking in my PJs, throw maybe a little champagne down the throat, and then bounce. Bet, off the bed we go. Actually, this segues into something else that I have a question about. and I, I might have brought it up before. If I have, just let me know, and we'll keep it moving. But uh, my girl's really, really, like... You know, she's like I said, she's really about militant about the sleep sleeping habits and and making sure that the schedule's there for sleep, which I totally get. But from before we had the baby and when the baby was born, I was always like telling her, I think we should just be like the noise in the house should always maintain how it's always been, so that the baby gets used to, uh, you know, those noises and can sleep through it. And in the beginning, it seemed like it was fine, but I forgot what she told me the other day, but. As of like the past, you know, several months, my girl's just like any noise being made, she's like fucking furious about it. Like, you know, like me coughing, forget about it. I get evil eye left and right for coughing. You know, I'm like, I'm like, what can I breathe? Am I allowed to breathe? Am I breathing too loud? You know, like when our friends were here, you know, like if we started laughing too loud at one point, she's like looking at everybody, like, and we're like, oh shit. You know, like if the dog well, the big one is the dog barking if anybody comes to the door and she, you know, goes ape shit. So my thing is this, and I've asked a couple other people, and and they've kind of said that, you know, you're supposed you should just be as loud as possible when the baby's sleeping and when the kids are sleeping, so that they can sleep through that and be used to it, no matter what. I don't know if that's possible. Right. No, I mean, you know my, I mean, you know I, mean? I mean, just think about like our own selves sleeping, and if someone's being loud as shit, <laughs> you know, we're gonna wake up. So I, I mean, think- why, I'm I'm wondering why we expect 
kids to be able to sleep through mad noise. You don't I, think there's a like a, sorry man, but you don't think there's a middle ground like like for example, my girl lived she she for her, all her life she lived in a in a house um where it wasn't connected to anybody. For most of my life I've lived in an apartment or a town home yeah. where I've been connected. So it actually hearing noises like my girl when she hears noises she kind of like freaks out a little bit. Yeah. Hearing noises for me is comforting. I always felt like there was like I was never alone and <laughs> cuz there was my neighbors and I, they were making noise. So it's comforting to me and silence is sometimes awkward for me so I can sleep through noise better. <laughs> Um, in that sense. So I feel like there's a middle ground. Like, I don't think that we as adults in the house should should not be able to move and function the way we normally do in the house. You know, like now, of course, we can't we shouldn't be screaming. We shouldn't be making stupid noises that are going to wake up the baby. Right, right. But right. I don't think we should be tippy toeing because then that that in, that, you know, it, it, it doesn't like what is what's the word I'm looking for? Like it disables us from our daily lives of getting things done. No, I agree oh. with you on the. I agree with you on the middle ground. I mean, I I can sleep through loud noise. Again, it kind of just depends on what is the loud noise. If it's someone screaming outside, then that's harder to uh, to sleep through probably than you know tra- car traffic or street noises that kind of stuff. Right. I mean, and it's also it's also your kid. Like how do how does you know, how does your kid react when Not they wake up? Sleeper. Yeah, and, ha- you know, are, are they, is it easy to get them back to sleep again? I mean, like, no. in, in my mind, in my mindset going into, you know, becoming a parent, like, we talked about this before. It's like, oh, I'm not going to, you know, I don't, we don't need to change anything the way we act in the house or, right. you know, we're just going to be normal and all that kind of stuff. But then, but then you do have to make some concessions. It's like, especially if you know, like, all right, well, shit, if, if, uh, you know, I, I'm probably going to have to be a little quieter because if, if he wakes up, he's not going to go back to sleep for another two or three hours. And then I'm definitely not getting shit done at the, you know, anything that I need to do it in, in the evening. So, you know, it's give and take a little bit. I'm totally in agreement. I don't know the science behind any of this shit, but I have, from my personal experience, I feel like what you just described, E, is the right way to do it. If if you want them to have to, you know, get accustomed to normal life, right? Because you can't, like you said, like, that's just not reality. You can't tiptoe your whole life while somebody's asleep. Now, I'm I'm a very light sleeper. And, that com- and that's crazy because I was raised right in, fr- like, literally across the street from my, my apartment building. It was a fire, fire engine, uh, whatever, fire engine. Fire station. Yeah, fire station. So there was two. There was a hook and a ladder that was coming out of there all hours of the night, blaring sirens. And, you know, we have forward-facing <laughs> windows. So our apartment was getting all that noise. And I got accustomed to it. But then after I left, the, right. the, you know, I, my sensitivities, I guess. You adjusted started, to the, the silence. The more quiet type of life, yeah. So, but I can sleep through a ton of shit once I'm asleep. To get me to sleep takes a little bit of time. So my kids actually, I'm lucky in the fact that we subscribe to to that. Like, just don't go crazy, but like you know, normal noise is is fine. And they all can deal with regular house noise without a problem. So do it. Yeah. Yeah. You, I'm gonna take a picture of, of my girl's <laughs> evil eye, <laughs> the evil look she gives. Like, 
All right. Well, here's here's the question, and I, maybe we know the answer to because of the evil eye. But is is your girl the one who has to put your daughter back to sleep once she wakes up, or do mm. you have to do it as no, well? No, I would say you know more times than not she's the one. But it's not even this. Okay, it's not even about putting her back to sleep because the truth is, once she wakes up, at least now, like you know, everything changes right. in, in this age. So there there is times we put her back to sleep and it, it was fine. But now she doesn't go back to sleep. Yeah. You know, once she wakes up, she's like really wakes up. She's up. Um, we'll tr- we'll watch, like we'll look at the monitor and and we'll try to like silence the house and and we'll see. And sometimes she'll put herself back to sleep, but more times than not, she stays up. And my girls' thing is not so much about who's putting her back to sleep, is who's gonna be dealing with her throughout the day more often. And it's my girl. And then my daughter's in a bad mood now. Yeah. Right. And that's the issue. My my girl is more like, you know, I want to have, you know, I want her to be in a good mood when we're at, when we're, you know, throughout the day. And that means the better sleep she gets, the better mood my daughter will be in, which I get it. Makes sense. I just want there to be a middle ground because sometimes I'm just like, yo, this is exaggerated, bro. Or if like, <laughs> if I'm sick and I'm coughing, like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> right. I go, why don't you buy me? I told her that buy me the, ast- the astronaut, uh, <laughs> mask with oxygen coming in ac you know and that way no one hears me and it's soundproof fuck it <laughs> let me like, ask what do you want me to do let me ask you this when you guys are looking at the monitor and she wakes up when do you guys you know run to her no no we 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 wait you wait we wait a good a good while like a good 20 30 minutes you know as long as she's not crying okay our whole thing is as long as she's not crying because my daughter will wake up and she starts talking jibber jabbish and she's having conversations with herself and and she's looking at her little stuffed animal in the crib and playing so as long as she's not crying we're fine we'll see we're like hopefully she goes back to sleep and and a lot of times she does but um but a lot of times she doesn't so (laughs) is her room dark that's the other problem during the day uh it's not um it's pretty bright in there and that's that's the issue mainly during the, the the midday nap that once she wakes up, it's too bright in her room, and then she just starts to look at everything, and she just gets she gets inspired, and she wakes up. <laughs> Yo, them blackout curtains. I, I mean, I have too. these bootleg blackout joints that I bought. They're like these cardboard accordion, like paper accordion joints oh. that I put <laughs> behind the the, the blinds. <laughs> they the, did not work out. The gnocchi barato joints. Basically, bro, it, it was pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty bootleg. But um, but now uh, you know we're gonna get. We're gonna invest in some real deal joints. Yeah, I think I think that'll change everything. Cause we, I we, think so too. We had that. Like, my son, like you know, back to my son being like the super super woke child, wakes up crack of dawn every day. The blackout curtains actually extended it by like an hour, which saved us a whole ton of hurt. Cause it'll be six five thirty six a.m. sometimes on a random day. And yeah. we'd be like, on a weekend, too. And we'd be like, what the fuck, bro? Like, chill. So that just saves lives. What about soundproofing the room? You, any, any, you guys done that? Nah. Because mm. I was like, fuck it. I'll take the studio into the room. Like, I'll fucking soundproof that bitch. Hear, you know, she won't hear anything. You know what I'm saying? Again, back, back to the original thing. That's not real life. <laughs> no, it's not real life. You can't soundproof your life. I mean, you can. But, so, the, but the idea that... Your girl has about uh, just consistent sleep patterns, sleep habits. I definitely believe in that. I mean, no, no, I believe in it. I mean, you can, I mean, you can't always. It's not like you're always going to be able to 
get him to sleep at the exact same time. But I did notice, like with my son, he's got like a threshold. You know, there's his his bedtime is generally between seven thirty and eight. You know, we try to get things moving in that direction. It's not like he always falls asleep at eight o'clock, but if he's right. in bed by then and it, you know, it's headed towards sleep and we're reading and all that kind of stuff. He's got that, it's almost like a 30 minute window between seven 30 and eight too much after that. Then it be, then he becomes overtired and then but that's he, he doesn't take midday naps, right? At nah, the, no, no, no. Okay. We actually had to stop the mid, we had to stop him doing the, the naps probably when he was three or four, maybe. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think three, that's what we Three or four. Good to know. Yeah, three or four. Because he, he wasn't able to... Um, he would take a nap, and then all of a sudden he would be, uh, he'd be... He wouldn't be able to fall asleep until like 10 o'clock at night. Something like that. Yeah, that sucks. Who's, who's vibrators popping? Pause. <laughs> that's my phone going off. <laughs> <laughs> so l- l- let me ask you guys this. Bef- so like when we go out... <clears throat> And, you know, we go out with the kids. Dinner, I guess, is usually, like, the, the good example. Um, we I, we, we want to have a good time, obviously, right? We're going out. doesn't happen often with the whole family. We want the kids to behave, eat, do what they got to do so that things just are chill and we can, you know, enjoy the night. But then there are the, these moments where, especially with my three-year-old, she starts to bug out. And and I'll use bug out might be strong, but she'll, you know, act a little bit more rambunctious than we have the tolerance for in that setting, right? And we, I, I get, I get really frustrated, and I checked myself not that long ago. Like I was looking at the way I was moving with her, like handling the situation, and I realized it was more. I was more disciplining out of. Uh, what what I call um, embarrassment, right? I was I was disciplining more out of embarrassment of what I think everybody else is saying versus my you know just my kid and how she's really behaving, truly behaving. Right. Which in reality wasn't crazy. Like you know how you got those kids that are throwing shit or like uh, you know uh, annoying the table next to you. It wasn't that kind of party. It was just her. She wanted like crayons or something. And we weren't giving it right. to her. You want to make it look like you're a, a parent on top, being on top of your shit, basically. Yeah, yeah, and and I came to that realization. I was like, "Yo, why am I like?" I checked, you know, I checked myself. I was like, "Why? Why am I doing this? Like, is it really that serious?" And and I realized, I was like, "Yo, I'm just, I'm worried about what everybody else thinks." So I'm looking at the situation. I'm like, "Damn, how many other parents are doing this shit and maybe not even realizing they're doing it?" Right? Like, I don't know how you guys handle it when you're out, but that it kind of struck me. Something I've been doing, I guess, forever, but it, it just hit me now that I'm like, yo, this is probably not the best way to handle it. Um, go ahead, Kay. No, I was just gonna say there's probably a lot of there's probably a lot of parents, myself included, who've probably done that without thinking about it, but just like, oh man, you know, I, yeah. But do- yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying I'm trying to think back if if that's, but yeah, I, I could see probably a lot of people do that. Like but, you, you know, you want even if you don't think your kid is doing something super bad, but you want to make it. You want to just you're out in public, and you want to make make folks feel like you have it under control. 
you, you know where I'm like that? It's not. I'm I'm good with her being loud. Like I I feel. I I mean I maybe my girl has a different opinion of it, but I'm pretty all right with her kind of screaming a little bit or or being loud. That doesn't bother me too much. In my mind, I'm like, hey, you know, people, this is life. Like, it is what it is. I'm in a public place. But the one place where I do see myself kind of being a little bit, like, overbearing and kind of, like, trying to be, like, I guess out of embarrassment, how you said, is when she's, like, roaming. I'm not good at that. Like, my girl's really good at letting our daughter roam and go up to people. I'm not, like, I'm very uncomfortable with Uh, her. Going up to people, going up to other people's kids, go, you know, grabbing stuff from people. My girl is, is kind of like how I feel like about her being loud. Like it is what it is. You know, my my girl's just like, hey, it's a little kid and you know, toddler, and and you know, you're gonna let them be free. You can't keep them cooped up the whole time. And sometimes they're gonna walk up to people, and you would hope that people understand that. And that's the way my girl's kind of take on it is. Where I'm just like, n- like no, 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 uh, Emilia, give him, give, you know, personal space, personal space, you know, no, 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 stop, 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 no, no, don't touch, don't touch, oh, no, give that back, give that back. <laughs> you know, that's me because I'm just uncomfortable with it. I'm, I'm the same. I'm the same in that respect. I'm, I'm actually working on that in particular because, to your, to your lady's point, you, that's part of how they're, you know, they're inquisitive. Always, but especially when right. they're really young, right? So, like, you can't, you try, you got to try not to handicap them in that in that space. But it's it's an embarrassment thing again because I I was brought up like, you know, you know, respect this, and that's sometimes it can border disrespect. It's like, yo, you grab some shit from somebody without asking, that's that's a violation. You open somebody's refrigerator, that's a violation. Like those kinds right. of things. So that, I struggle with that too. But is it embarrassment because? This is my my kind of little take on it too. Is like I don't want her to grow up thinking walking up to strangers is okay because there might be a stranger that is just definitely not okay. Mm. And also, like you know, the, the interaction with people, like you know, the, I don't know, like taking someone making uh, taking something off of another kid, or for example, the other day we went to uh, we were somewhere and it was really cute. She interacted with some kids that were a little older than her. And they were all talking, and they grabbed her hand, and they were walking with her. But then they started, one little girl took her off, like, just, they went <laughs> off running. And, you know, I, I'm right behind them. Like, I'm not going to let them keep just go. And so I'm there, like, I'm, I don't give a damn if I look like I'm, uh, you know, overbearing <laughs> right. parent. I'm going to follow them. Like, they were, like, going. They were gone. So I'm walking, and then the little girl that's with my daughter picks her up like if she's a baby. Oh, I, f- I hate that shit. And I'm like, oh, like, what do I, like, I'm like, I'm like, be careful, be careful. And, I, and my thing is like, I'm not like, my whole thing is I don't want no other parent to talk to my kid and I, and I don't want to talk to their kid. Like, yeah. that's my take on it. Like, I'm gonna, I'm, I am going to go and stop my kid and I expect you to do the same. And this, this little girl's like holding my daughter, like with one leg up in the air and like halfway. And I'm like, oh, if she trips they're you know, my daughter's going to, you know, hit the, hit the dirt and. And it's gonna be bad, you know. And but and but my daughter's not crying. She's not tripping. She's just like, like just there, like just dealing <laughs> with it. And um and I'm just like following them, like ah oh, my god. I hope they don't. The girl doesn't fall. And she's like losing her grip. But finally, like when she, as she was like completely losing her grip, she like put her down. But I was like, nah, man. Like, why does it have to get to that point? Shit. Like, don't talk or touch anyone. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> You're the child in a bubble. <laughs> I'm with it. Little personal space. I hear that. 
Yeah, I'm gonna build clothing that has like these spikes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like it'll just start popping out when somebody tries to lift her. No, no, it's there. Like she can't, she can't move towards anybody, and they can't come close to her. It <laughs> creates the barrier. <laughs> Yo. So okay, yes. you guys, so you guys, what do you, what do you do? <laughs> Am I wrong? Am I right? No, I... no, you're the same. I, I, I chase after. I, I oh, no, the chase after. for sure. The yeah, chase for I'm sure. I'm following. I'm chasing. No, I'm, I'm just, yo, I mean, I've, <coughs> I've been known to tell a kid off when shit gets too crazy. So it, it is uncomfortable when you have to tell some. Other yeah, I don't want to have to deal with to that. Cool man. out. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't want to. You know, you tell the kid. Okay, for I mean, I'm not going to use probably cool out when I tell the kid that, but I, you tell the kid anything, then and nobody's around, no adult, and then that kid wants to cry because they just felt like you, you know, shut them down. Then go off and tell the parent, eh, bad man. Then I think I did something else. Like I don't want to deal with that crap, too. <laughs> bad man, mama. Ah. <laughs> uh. Shall we bring in uh, our our guest? Yeah, is it, is it guest it. time? All right. All right. So tonight on the Fatherhoods podcast, we got the people's champ, the legendary Paul Wall from H-Town. Give it up. What's good? What's good? What, are, you, are you in H-Town right now, Paul? Yeah. Oh, okay. I am on the north, the north side. All right. So, Paul, you got uh, you have two kids, right? From from yeah, I have two. Yeah, my son he's thirteen, and my daughter she just turned twelve. Okay, good ages, back to back. So you had so you had kids, and you were, I guess, kind of knee deep in 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 your career at that point with uh with a lot of a lot of stuff going on, just with the uh, every the scene on. Houston and all that good stuff. How how was that for you? Was that a was that a balancing act? Was that something that uh, helped keep you grounded? How did you deal with 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 balancing your your family and and everything that's going on musically? My whole career was really just a dream come true. Uh, you know, what I'm saying just to be able to pursue my dreams of doing what I love and with people that I admire and look up to me. I mean, that I, that I look up to that, that inspired me, uh, you know, to be able to work with those type of people. That was, you know, my, that was my dream come true. So to have a family, be married and have kids, you know, that's something that, that also was a dream of mine. It was a dream come true. So it, it, it for sure was something that was like kind of unbelievable, but something you always hope to have, but you're not sure you, you know, you don't, I, I never had confidence that I'd ever be successful in music just because it's such a long shot. And even with marriage and kids, it's seemed like a long shot. Fifty percent of marriages end in divorce, and most of the friends I knew, you know, including myself, had some type of dysfunction going on at home. So you know, what I'm saying it just was something for me to be a, a proud parent, proud proud husband. You know, what I'm saying it's something I, I really, I really look forward to just as much, or even more so than a, than a music career, but. It for sure was a, I would say a balancing act because within the music industry or just in, in a lot of industries in general, when it's you know like like that, it's so much facade and so much you know smoke and mirrors going on. But 
to you know to be married and have kids that you know are, are part of me you know my, come from me that I also can teach and just that that's just the most meaningful of all that means more than any other type of success more than a hit song or platinum record or anything like that you mentioned something that we often go back and talk about um, on this show, and and that is kind of your upbringing and your family dynamic coming up. Like, could you tell us a little bit about how you grew up, what your parental situation was, and some of those moments? Yeah, I had a. Um, I was blessed to have a, a mother that, that that was a teacher for twenty plus years, almost thirty years. So, her and my grandfather as well. Her dad. He was an educator as well. Um, when he came out of the army, he served in the military. After that, he, he became an educator. So education was something that was always important. Uh, you know, taught to us. Being a, that his uh, m- my grandfather, his family came from North Carolina, where they grew up in extreme poverty. So the only way to get out of the poverty was to get an education. So that's something he truly believed. So when he joined the military, he used the military to earn an education and then he became a, a educator as well and my mother she became an educator as well a teacher so that was something that was always real important you know it always taught to me that, you know just education and not not necessarily a, a, a scholar's education of uh you know going to school but just life education that was yeah, just, just learn your shit yeah right right a, a cultural education not just from the books but from meeting people in real life um that's from my mother's side. Now, my father's side, my biological father, I really didn't know or and still don't know too much about his side of the family, just being that I haven't seen him since I was six years old. Um, but, wow. you know, he he had a, what I do know of him, he was a, a drug addict. He was addicted to heroin. He was an alcoholic. Uh, he was a child molester. Uh, I, I believe um, the the last that I saw him, he had ended up kidnapping a girl, and it's really a crazy story, man. Wow. But it's, it's all factual, man. Rest in peace to whoever this girl is. He uh he kidnapped this girl, and and took her to, to Canada. They ended up getting caught, and uh they sent her back home to live with her biological father, and they sent him back. He he ended up. I don't know if he went to jail for it, whatever. This before there was a. Uh, uh, any uh, 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 sex reg- sex offender registry, mm. but the girl she ended up going back to live with her biological father, who was molesting her as well, oh, and shit. she ended up killing herself. Damn. This this is a story, but that's this, terrible. This a girl. This this something where the girl was twelve years old, dressed up with a wig and makeup on, and I'm you know five years old, going to spend the weekends at my uh my, my biological dad house. And I don't know, you know, I'm five years old. I don't know. I'm he like, yeah, that's my new girlfriend, and it's a uh, it's a little girl. Wow. Crazy yeah. uh, but anyway, other than that, you know, um, when when all of that happened, he got real behind on his um, child support payments, and my mom had remarried, so we took him to court to uh, uh, to separate our custodial rights, and my my stepdad ended up adopted me as his own and my biological father he couldn't do anything to fight it because he didn't have the money to, to back child support and it just wouldn't uh the, the judge granted anyway what anyway make a long story short my uh stepfather adopted me and uh from there he you know he was a, a 
I looked at him as a, you know, being a, a good man. He taught me what being a man was all about. Taught me what hard work was all about. So I kind of had a, uh, you know, what I'm saying a good and a bad through a, a lot of my childhood of experiencing you know, some craziness and some crazy shit. But at the same time, having a positive role model right there to, to you know, and my mom and my stepfather to, to kind of show me and teach me what, you know, what I'm saying what what life is all about, what's important to you, what you know, what it takes and what it makes me to be a proud man. Or you know, one of the things I strive for is to make my parents proud and make my wife and my kids proud. You know what I'm saying? So. And everything that I do, so you know what I'm saying. It's uh, that's my uh, my, that's my childhood in under thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Big up to your step pops for real, yeah, <laughs> and your moms too. But for you know, for him to step up, that was that was real. You know what, what I what I find um fascinating in this story. Well, there's a lot. Um, shit's kind of unbelievable. So I know I know you've been in the acting game a little bit. So I'm I'm, I'm hoping there's a movie or some shit because this shit is like. It's got all the cinematic qualities, I feel like. But you, you had you were fortunate. I mean, unfortunately, you had that you know father situation. But fortunately, you had two seems like strong male figures in your life, right? Your grandfather, you mentioned, and also your your stepdad. Yeah. Did, did so. you did you ever feel that need for your biological, given that you had these two two pre, you know men in your life as well? Nah, I, I I didn't at all. Um, there might been there might have been like a, a sense of pain of a child wanting you know to know his father. Yeah, have a connection. Say what? No, that you probably wanted you know the connection to your father when you was a kid. Oh, I we had a bad, I thought you said we had a bad connection. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, that too, yeah, that too though. <laughs> there, there might have been that you know at an earlier stage, but I think as I grew as I grew. I mean, my mother, she she was molested by her grandfather on both sides of her family. Wow. So that was, I look at every stage of my life as being something that is a path that was set before me before I even walked it. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. whatever happened with it, I, I accepted it very early on as this is what's meant to be. So, I mean, not that he would have molested me or something like that, because he wasn't molesting boys, he was molesting girls, but maybe he would have molested my sister if we would have continued to be living there or something like that. I don't know, but I I definitely didn't want to be around that. He's a drug addict and child molester. I don't want that as a father, even if it is my father. I don't want to be around that, because that's going to lead me down a path of destruction as well. So, I, you know, I'm a firm believer in that God removed me from that situation to protect me or to lead me down a different path so I, I you know some of those feelings of you know whatever the bad feelings were they were i mean i they 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 brushed away real quick um and just i i was i felt strongly that i had a path that it was meant for me to go down and it's something you know these type of things are something that i was aware of already because of this is something my mom instilled in me she was a, a real real spiritual person uh, and it was just something that she instilled in me. And I, and I think being that she herself was molested uh, and she also was raped by somebody. Man, she, my mama got crazy. Man, my whole man, it's, it's really a crazy story. It's like really unbelievable. Um, but she, uh, you know, being that that was something we were aware of, you know, what I'm saying that those type of things. That's how kind of my that's how my biological father kind of sought out my mom. He didn't molest her. And they was like around the same age. But. You know, my, she, he preyed on the fact that my mom was, I guess, would be naive or was, I don't know. It was just, a lot of this was crazy, man. It, but 
I accepted it for what it was, and I didn't question it at all, like, why me or why this? It just was, a, you know, I also was somebody who I saw a lot of people around me who had it worse, you know, in one way or another, you know what I'm saying? So I, I'm I'm a firm, I'm, I'm a very grateful person, and so whatever comes my way, I accept it as this is what's meant for me, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not going to complain about it because it could be worse, you know? That's for sure. Shit. Yep. That's a that's yo. That's if, a great way to look at. It. Yeah, that's yeah. the that's the best positive spin I ever heard, bro. Cause shit, shit's crazy. You teach seminars yeah. to to look at it that way. Yeah. Hey, t- talking about drugs real quick. Um, so uh, this past year, we definitely lost a lot of yeah. young upcoming artists. Um, and a lot of it was linked to just a variety of of drug use. And there's a lot of uh, the music nowadays that there's a there's a lot of uh, you know just references to all kinds of drug use. Since you you have you know younger kids um, that are coming into teenage years, how do you navigate that, and what kind of combos have you had with them about the music that they may or may not be listening to, and the messages that are in the music, and and you know f- sparking that balance as well. Man, it's a it's a fine line, not only from the drug use but also just on the promiscuous uh promiscuity that we promote in a lot of the music it's yeah. a lot of uh, it's a lot of recklessness that sometimes we you know toe the line or you know what i'm saying um in a lot of it and i mean I, I think a lot of it is just to be open i think for sure you know this uh, these are conversations i have with my kids about all of this you know all these things we're talking about and what i tell my kids is you know, there's a time and a place for everything, and some things we don't do, and they, some things are just off limits. You know, yeah, you, I might smoke weed. Okay, that's one thing, but you're not ever going to hear me smoking crack. You, you know, some people do cocaine. We don't do cocaine. You know, we don't do this or that. You know, yeah, I might smoke weed, but that's about that's going to be about it. You know, we might drink a little alcohol here and there, but you got to always know when to say when. And a lot of this is, you know, I, I do admit it's hypocritical on some levels. Cause you know there's there's poisons and all of these things are poisons, but this is the way that I can just be as honest as I can with my kids about it. You know what I'm saying? And my kids are they're at a, a stage where they're like, nah, I ain't never gonna smoke weed. I ain't never gonna do this or that. You know, cause I'm cause they see they see a lot of the negative effects of it. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm. Not not just weed, but all the things from from pills and this and that. And it's you know it's it's very tough to explain to a child that the doctor said it's okay to take this medicine, but you're going to become addicted to it. And then you're going to be taking these pills on the street yeah, every right. day. Uh, but the law say you can't smoke weed, you know, so don't smoke weed. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It, so it, it's, it's just, it's a very, uh, it's very difficult to explain to a child and grasp. When I was a child, I remember as a child being that my father was addicted to heroin and other thing. My, and and I, I asked my mom this the other day, or, or it was, you know, a year ago now, but I asked, I said, what what was the final straw that made you get a divorce from him for you? And she said that he was a heavy, heavy weed smoker. He smoked weed all day, every day. And a cop moved in next door. And my mama just knew that he was about to go to jail. <laughs> so, and, and she didn't want him to go to jail and all of us to go to jail with him. So she said she made him quit and he wouldn't quit. So she was like, all right, that's it. I'm enough enough. Um, but you know, of course, that resonated with me because being a heavy serve, silver serve is an opiate, just like heroin. Although it's a, a mild opiate, not not like heroin is, but it still is, you know, a, a opiate. And of course, being a heavy weed smoker as well, like damn, 
shit, you know, I see myself going down some similar paths and it, you know, the, the poison and destruction that was before me is, you know, is I'm walking down the same path. So how can I use that to better myself? And at the same time, you know, stop these things when it comes to my kids. I don't want them to go down the paths, you know, as well. But anyway, I was saying that because when I was a child growing up, being, being that I saw my, my father as being an alcoholic and a, a, a heroin user and drug addict, I, we would have to go to Al-Anon and Alateen. These are things that I would have to go to, to, to as a, a family member of a drug addict, family member of an alcoholic. So these, this is something I was paranoid of for a long time. Like, I, you know, I, and they use a scare tactic to try to, you know, uh, uh, scare you away from me. You think if you take, if you just sniff a, a, a beard and you're going to turn into a crackhead. Right. So that's right. that, that <laughs> work, you know. So I, I didn't want to do them type of things, that, that, that type of education with my kids. I didn't want to, I wanted to be open and honest with them. And I showed them, okay, look, this is a person who, you know, drink beer all they like. This is a person who do cocaine all they like. This is a person who smoke weed all they like. This is a person who smoke crack all they like. This is a person who do heroin all they like. This, you know, this is what meth look like. This is what Xanax make you look like. You know, and they, and you can see, now, sometimes you just take it one time, that ain't going to kill you. But a lot of times, you know, one time turn into 10 and 10 turn into every day. So, you know, those are things that you just, I, I don't know. I just, that that's the only way I can, explain it to my kids is that you know and a lot of it is hypocritical or but at the same time i, I explain them the same ways when i talk about eating meat or eating processed food or eating yep. milk or you know these type of things it's you know hey i'm gonna try my best you know you might see me eat some tacos and nachos in there but i'm gonna try not to eat too much meat i might eat some ribs every now and then but i'm gonna try not to eat that much pork you know what i'm saying but so right. this thing moderation like this, you know I, yeah, moderation is the is the best way in, in any of this. And I would say the same comes when in the music. You know, that's about ten minutes for me to just tell you this <laughs> ten minute uh a precursor to the my to my next answer. Uh, <laughs> but for the music it's the same thing of you know, it's a lot of it is in moderation. Every song can't be about smoking weed. Every song can't be about sipping sir. Every song can't be about having sex. Every song can't be about this, you know, you gotta and you know, as an artist, you know, of course, we have different lanes we might travel in, but you know, it's just all in moderation. And I don't know. I look at the music I make as how can I explain this to my kid, or even my mama? It's like you know, that don't mean it got to all be G-rated, but at the same time, it got to be something that I can make them proud of. Now, I will say that I always been an artist, like, even in my earlier days with the Switcher House, back in those days, I didn't sip syrup or, or smoke weed at all back in those days. So, you know, it was just something that, you know, as I grew as an adult, these are things that I tried uh, and then fell in love with. But back in those days, I didn't cuss either. So, you know, it's certain things I didn't do in those days as I was a child. And as I grew, just certain things changed. But at at every time in my life, I always wanted to be somebody that, that my mom would be proud of and that my kids would one day be proud of. But even then, looking back at some of my music back in those days, man, it was a lot of... I might not have been saying bitch and hoe, but I, it was a lot of misogynist music. It was a lot of things. It's like, damn, man, I was going hard on fat girls back in the day. <laughs> you know, just whatever. Just, you know, it, just, it was a lot of things I, was, I, I, I did say in my music that, like, even though it, was, it might not have been... I might not have been cussing. I might have said some disrespectful things here and there, but I always try to, you know, for the time it didn't seem like that, but when you go back and listen to you, like, damn, man, I was going, oh, what was I saying? I was tripping. Why was I so tripping? But I, I don't know, you know, so some of that is, I, I, you know, I kind of grow with the times with it, with my music. I've tried to, but 
for sure with my kids, I just try to be completely open and honest with them. And I same with my music or whatever you hear in my music. That's who I am at the time. If 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 on my music, I'm not cussing it because I ain't cussing in real life. And if on my music, I'm not sipping syrup, I'm not sipping syrup in real life. You know, you or, or whatever. But it, you know, you, it's all in moderation. It can't just be all about this or that. How how easy was all that to sink in when you started talking to them about about this stuff? Do they seem to get it quickly, or is it, did, it, did it take uh, several combos? I guess it's an ongoing combo. Yeah, it really is an ongoing combo because, especially thinking, you know, I, I I think back to when I was a child too. Of uh, you know, you think you you got to figure it out. You think you know everything, right? So when you hear things, you think, no, 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 you you're doing it wrong. You should be doing it like this. Because a lot of, I don't know, just in, 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 as a child, you don't really understand the world or these type of different things. You know, you know, it's easy to say, oh, I'll never do that. You know, when you're never faced with this or that. And I don't mean like, you know, like, I, I don't even mean just with taking drugs or anything like that. I just mean just in every path in life. It's easy to say what you would do or wouldn't do and tell you. It's just like it's easy to say what Tom Brady going to do. You know what I'm saying? Right. But, you know, oh, he need to do this. He need to do that. But I ain't Tom Brady. There's a reason why he's Tom Brady and I'm not, you know, because he's doing those things and I'm not. So it's easy for me to make criticism of him. It's the same thing with life. So it's all with, as you know, as they grow, it's just an ongoing conversation of trying to be honest with them. And some things is just, you know, aren't allowed. And that, you know, it, that's because they're just not allowed. You know, but as you get older and, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to overprotect them from things to where, when they of age, to make their own decisions to do what they want to do. You know, they. It's like Santa Claus, or, you know, the Easter Bunny, things like that. You know, I got to keep it real with them on, on different things, just because if you don't, then when they experience real life, they gonna think you've been lying to them, and it's just a a, a, a mistrust. Uh, this, uh, you know, it's, it's just. It, I don't know. It just it just starts to grow. But I don't know. I just try to be open and honest with them. And I'm not perfect by any means, you know what I'm saying? And that's something that I'm open and honest with them as well with. You know, I make plenty of mistakes and I'm not perfect by any means. So, you know, it's never uh, I'm the king and you got to follow my rules. Nah, this is a, you know, we got a, a lot of people been before us on this earth. And if we're going to continue and, you know, they're, they're a continuation of me and my wife. You know, and if, if they're going to continue to grow and grow our, our family lineage, wherever it goes, you know, you, I want them to have a good, healthy, happy life. What, what, uh, when you look at your career musically, what are there aspects of it that you like, you know, when you're talking to your kids, do they have aspirations to follow kind of in your footsteps musically? And if, if that's come up, like, are there any like areas of that career path that you kind of want them to avoid? For sure, they had a talent to. Um, if that's something they wanted to pursue, they both do. They have the talent, uh, but you know, as we all know, it takes a lot more than that. And it's not something I would want for either one of them, because it's something where you see, you know, just how hard it is and how long term it is, and you know, it's a lot of benefits. And I wouldn't trade for the, you know, I, of course, I'm extremely grateful. But I, I see so many broken hearts in this industry, just all over the world, of people who had aspirations to make it, 
they gave it their all. They did everything they thought they were supposed to do and maybe everything they were supposed to do. And just for whatever reason, they don't make it, man. It, you know, it'll break your heart. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And, and it's also cutthroat. So the game will break, people will break your heart. You know what I'm saying? From just, from taking from you. So I, you know, I wouldn't want that from them, but I can't protect them from the world. You know what I'm saying? The world is what the world is. I can just try to prepare them for it. You know, even in this, if this is something they wanted to do, I would, you know, I would definitely try to help them. I, I, you know, I wouldn't do it for them. Yeah. Some things I would kind of help them mold them, you know, it, it, but at the end of the day too, they, their own people too. They not Paul Wall. They not my son. He not Paul Wall Jr. My daughter, she not Paul Wall Jr. They, their own people. So, you know what I'm saying? I would encourage them to be, you know, who they are, not be like a mini version of Paul Wall. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, you know, they spent I, much like time in the studio the with you. Yeah, they both do. Uh, well, my daughter do especially. Uh, my son do as well, though. Um, every now and then I get them in there on the track doing something, you know what I'm saying, just to contribute here and there. You know, so they got their name on a few credits here and there. They own a couple of iTunes songs. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's dope. <laughs> so they can stun on their friends at school. Uh, but, uh, you know, but for the most part, it's, uh, you know, and that's to show them too, like how real it can, how real it can get. Like it's just something you really want to do. You know, it's real. We got the studio, the engineers, producers, the videographers, the directors, photographers, anything it takes. Shit, we got it all right here, you know, to do, but it takes more than that. You know, sometimes it's just, you know, the, the needle in the haystack, luck of the draw, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Sometimes it's predestined to be for people who don't have none of that. You know what I'm saying? It's what's meant to be. So, you know, it's something that they know is there if they so choose it. But they see a lot of what me and my wife deal with, too, just the scrutiny of being in the spotlight. And that takes a, uh, you know, it's a it take a wear and tear on you, especially if you're a young child and having to deal with, you know, what strangers are saying about your parents and then what strangers are saying about you. You know, and it's it's just something that the world do anyway. They do that about you if you're famous or you're not famous. People are gonna talk about you. It's just something you gotta learn to deal with and let your your skin grow thick or learn a way to adjust and avoid it or, or whatever you gotta do to, in a positive way, move forward from it and not let it bog you down and hold you down or, or the criticism of others. But it's for sure something that they see is there. They they recognize in with us and that they see you know because they might be on a picture with us. You know, a picture of me and my wife, and then somebody got something smart to say about you know one of my kids or something. They're like, "Damn, that's mean. Why would people say mean stuff?" You know, things like that. that and even if you, if somebody say a hundred, if there's a hundred positive comments, all it takes is the one negative that stands out. Like, damn, you know, if the whole wall is white, there's one red dot. That red dot is gonna stand out. Do you let them have? Do they have their own social media accounts? You guys let them do that? Nah, they don't. They don't. I think my son might have just started some, not Reddit, but something like that. He got TikTok. <laughs> nah. nah. He got, uh, what he got? Discord. He got Discord. Oh, okay. The comment joint. Because I ain't on there. He think I ain't on there till I till I start a ghost account and start following him. I'm going to make sure you make sure ain't taking nothing crazy down there. Nah. Well, you know, my kids are, uh, you know, I'm, you know, Stand up individuals, you know what I'm saying? They're, they're both. We taught them well, you know. They both curious as well. They, they got they they living in the dawn of the internet age, so this is a, a teach yourself kind of yeah. age. It's definitely a, a 
it's a, you know, it's like when you, when you're in school, you learn about the, the iron age and the gold age. And then the, then there's the tech age, and all, you know, all these different things. It's, it's really the, you know, that's why I tell them I, I was born before the internet. I'm older than the internet, bro. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going to start saying that. that. That That's probably more profound than actually the number yeah. of your age. I was born before oh, ATMs. Yeah. Pre-internet. Yeah, yeah. yeah we Flip phones. Flip phones. <laughs> Yeah, man. So, we, so Paul, internet, Paul, what what are you doing these days? Like, what what do you what do people need to know about Paul Wall these days? I'm doing my music. I got my own studio. I, you know, I put out my music pretty often here. I got a lot of music ready to go as well. But a lot of it is just me growing as a man. I I never ever had uh, aspirations of one to be a CEO or anything like that or specifically putting out other artists because it's a lot of babysitting you got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, it's so much more money to be made when you put out your own music. And it ain't all about the money, but one thing I, I realize is that when you have investors, you got outside people putting money up or, or doing things with you or working with you, they, they have their interests, and usually it's a financial interest, which means they want to do the things, they want to do whatever it takes to sell the make most music or make the most money. Yeah. Well, I, my goal as an artist, especially where I'm at right now, ain't none of that. And I, I'm cool. I mean, of course, I want to make money, but you know, the art and the culture is more important to to me than just the paycheck. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not trying to make music that is gonna sell the most. I'm trying to make music, even if it's for a niche audience, you know, a smaller audience, just the slab community, whatever. I gotta, you know, I gotta do it for my people. You know, this is what we gotta do, shit. Because this is a uh, Something that I, I really, you know, inspired me to be who I am, jamming screw tapes and riding slabs. So it's something that, you know, I hope to continue to pass on. So I'm still putting out music and doing things, but it's more on a local, regional level. Of course, it's independent, but it's, you know, more for my, you know, more for the slab community, I say. You know, I've been doing a few mixtapes here and there, a lot of freestyle mixtapes, kind of how it was back in the day, how I came up on the Swisher House. Mm. Of course, I got a couple couple albums here and there, all original you know, the joint me and static, we just put that out. But for the most part, man, for the most part, I've been kicking back just in loving being a father and being a husband. But at the same time, you know, I'll be grind. I've been grinding out there doing shows. You know, I ain't, I ain't been, uh, slipping at all. I've been on that road completely nonstop putting music out as well. Nonstop. But for the most part, I'm just enjoying my life, bro. For real. Having a great life, man. And but before we wrap it up, just to touch on the, the music that, that you've been putting out. I, I, that's one of the things that I always liked about Texas and the hip hop community. It always seems that self-sufficient that artists could make a great living. Like you might not know that an artist is dropping material and make and making a good living, but you can just do it regionally within, within your area. Cause the, the community supports that's, that seems to have always rang true for, for some years now. Is that still the, the move there? Most definitely. Of course, it takes hard work. You know, it do take yeah. talent. But that's something that Jay Prince showed us a long time ago, man. Jay Prince, Tony Draper, you know, D-Ray from Rec Shop. Of course, Screw with, Screw, with the Screwed Up Click. And then Michael Watson, G-Dash, T-Ferris with the Swisher House, man. It's just something that, you know, SPM did it with Dope Houses. Man, if you go out there and grind, you put a good product out there and you work, man, we... It, there's a, definitely a community that will support and believe it or not though the same thing holds true all over the country it's just 
it's not the way we expect it. A lot of times we have ex- our expectations get in the way of the blessings that are right there in front of us. Mm. So we might have a certain expectation that we believe or we think this is how it's supposed to go. This is what people are supposed to, you know, do. But the blessing is right in front of our face. We don't recognize because we're too busy concerned with what we don't have. Um, but, you know, I, it's funny because people always say, People always tell me, man, we go to Florida, Atlanta, L.A., New York, no matter where we go, that people always tell us, man, I wish we could stick together like y'all boys do down at H-Town. Mm. But, man, there's so much beefing and inner turmoil <laughs> and jealousy and hatred and, man, crabs in the bucket mentality still, and it always has been in Houston. You know, it just it's like that in every city, but at the same time, there's, there's unity. There's, there's a lot of people in, in Houston that support one another. We got each other's back and we lift each other up. You know, there are a lot of people like that, you know, but there's crabs in the bucket as well, but it's, it's like that in every city. In Houston yeah. right now, they saying, damn, man, we need to stick together like they do in Atlanta. Hmm. And you see how them boys do in, in, in Florida, man, that's how we need to stick together. You see how they doing it in L.A., man, in the Bay Area, that's how we need to stick together. That's the same thing they saying in H time. So it's, it's just crazy. It's just, uh, you know, it, it, it's there, it, but, you know, it, it's it, we all want it our way. And if it ain't our way, then, all, it's, you know, it's the game fucked up. The game messed up. Right. But, you know, it, it, God got, I, I, I'm a firm believer that God got, you know, a plan for us. And, you know, sometimes you got to follow the path, even if, you know, if, even if you can't see where you're going, man, you just got to, you know, even if you're walking in faith. And, and I and I'm a you know my whole entire show set every song I do every concert I do and I'm doing you know the same as out you know two three concerts a week so my whole set list is a song every song is a song I wasn't feeling oh, I didn't know nah, I like this other beat you know let's do this other one and you know the next thing you know the one I'm not feeling turned into a hit and I'm still doing shows off it so it's, yeah I'm a firm believer in that I can be wrong. I don't, I, being right is not important. Being successful is what's important. Thanks. Me being correct about what I think should happen is not the important thing. But to some people, that's the most important thing is them being right and it's their right. way or no way. So the ego gets in the way. Well, Paul, man, we, we really appreciate you spending the time with us. It was a, it was a pleasure hearing your story. And uh, we, uh, we look forward to hearing more music from you for sure. And uh, yes, sir. and more more news on that parenthood. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure, man. Let me know when we ready to shoot the movie, man. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. I'm ready. Yo, if you can if you can hang on real quick for a moment, we just want to get a, a quick Paul Wall drop if you don't mind. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. All right. For the rest of y'all, that's another one. Peace. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be your father to your child. Be your father to your child.